The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So I'm torn on what I would like to see happen after Republicans get control of Congress in 2022. Now, you know what would happen if Democrats were in charge of Congress. We've already seen it. They impeach presidents upon a whim, and they try to enact every radical aspect of their agenda by whatever means they can do it. As it concerns Anthony Fauci and COVID and Rochelle Walensky and Francis Collins, director of the National Institute of Health, and Walensky's with the CDC, I think a house cleaning would be good. In fact, would be transformative for America. The problem is when you get rid of people who the left has lionized, it will be seen as a political move, not as a move meant to hit the reset button on those organizations that are necessary for us to believe in what Fauci trumpets all the time as science. See, Fauci trumpets science, as I said yesterday, because Fauci doesn't have any other intersectional card to play. He can't plead that he's persecuted because of his race. He can't plead that he's persecuted because of his sexuality or his gender or any of the other things that leftists use as a sledgehammer to stop you from criticizing radical viewpoints that you disagree with. No, you disagree because of how I look or how I, who I sleep with or those kinds of things. Fauci can't do that because he's just an average, ordinary old white guy. So he bathes himself in what he thinks is his most bulletproof defense, which is, I am science. Well, uh, he is not science. He might be a scientist, but he is, in fact, not science. Uh, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, and some other senators have accurately pointed out that Anthony Fauci did lie in front of Congress. He did. He said, with pulpit-pounding fury, we did not fund research in Wuhan that made an existing coronavirus worse. We did not do that. We did not send money over there. Well, sorry about it. Freedom of Information Act methods allow people to find out what the money actually was given for, and American health care officials have since confirmed that, yes, we did give money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to make a coronavirus worse, gain-of-function research. So you have Fauci saying, no, we didn't do it, and we have an arm of the U.S. government saying, yes, we did do it. So he lied. And as Ted Cruz points out, you cannot lie to Congress. You cannot do it. And there is a penalty for that. Here's Ted Cruz talking about it. Mr. Science. 
You know, Dr. Fauci, I think, is the most dangerous bureaucrat in the history of the country. Uh, you know, he talks hurting science. I don't think anyone has hurt science, has hurt the credibility of the CDC, has hurt the credibility of doctors more than Dr. Fauci, because throughout this pandemic, he's been dishonest, he's been political, he's been partisan, and, and the American people know it. The, 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 why is it that the Biden administration decreed that, that, that masks have to be worn in schools by kids? Well, because teachers' union bosses wanted it, and that's not a scientific reason, that is a data reason. And, and you know, this weekend he did this long interview where he gave the answer, he said, I represent science, I am science. It, it, it is this delusion of grandeur that you cannot criticize him. No, you can't. You cannot criticize him. But by lying, he has committed a serious offense that, well, let's say, for instance, pull a name out of the air. <laughs> if Michael Flynn did it, then there are serious consequences for it. But if Anthony Fauci does it, hmm. Here's what Ted Cruz says. 18 USC section 1001 makes it a felony punishable by up to five years in prison for lying to Congress. The statements from Dr. Fauci and the NIH are directly contradictory. And I got to say, I think Margaret Brandon is, is a talented journalist, but she dropped the ball in not following up, letting him just respond with insults instead of asking him the simple question. You stated that we don't fund gain-of-function research. The NIH stated we do fund gain-of-function research. They can't both be true. And if you lied to Congress, it's a felony. She didn't press him on that. And the reason this matters is, is there is a lot of circumstantial evidence to su suggest that the U.S. government participated in funding research modifying coronaviruses that could well have led to COVID-19. And if that's true, that is stunning and indefensible. We know the Chinese government has enormous culpability, but there's a real possibility the American government under Dr. Oh. Fauci does as well. And that's what he doesn't want to address. No, he doesn't want to address that. And that's always been our strength is that we address our warts. We admit our flaws. We have things in place like the Freedom of Information Act, like freedom of the press, that allow the bad stuff to be told. Countries like China, countries like Russia, places like that, Venezuela, bad things, Cuba, bad things are kept under wraps. So if you move to correct this problem, Republicans get control of the Senate, they get control of the House in 2022, and you do what literally should be done in a country of laws, which is hold people accountable for their behavior, Anthony Fauci would be prosecuted. Rochelle Walensky would be fired. Francis Collins would be fired. But you and I both know that if this were done, even for the most pure motives possible, and I'm not saying Republicans are incapable of impure motives. They're they're same nature inside them as inside Democrats. I don't think it's as uh, <laughs> out of control, shall we say? I don't think the genuine effort to restore credibility to consequential organizations like the National Institute of Health, like the Center for Disease Control, I don't think the genuine effort to restore credibility in those would be seen as, or more importantly, portrayed as, 
a good cause for Republicans to engage in. What it would be portrayed as is, you know, a political witch hunt. And whether it is that or isn't that is really irrelevant because that's what it would be painted as. And so that is the perception would become the reality. So Fauci is not going to be held accountable for his, what, at, at, at best, incompetence, at worst, lying. I don't know which it was. But I know he's been wrong on virtually everything. He's lied nobly, I guess. Don't put a mask on. Masks are a waste of time. Because he didn't want there to become a shortage of masks for medical personnel. Okay. Good reason. But that ended up biting him when he then had to come back and say, put a mask on. Wear a mask. You know, one mask is good. Two is better. Three is best. Because he seems to have some kind of a mental disconnect where he doesn't understand (laughs) that certain positions are incompatible with other positions. You can't say we didn't fund gain-of-function research and then have another arm of the government say, yes, we did, and not have that be a problem. You can't say, don't wear a mask. Masks are a waste of time. And then a couple of months later when you realize, oh, there's plenty of masks, okay. Well, yeah, put a mask on. He doesn't realize the incompatibility of those two positions. But they are incompatible, and he has increasingly taken more and more incompatible, incongruent, incomprehensible positions. And so he has fractured the trust that is incumbent upon a person in his position to have. You've heard Hugh Hewitt question Anthony Fauci and say, I think you need to resign. Rand Paul, Ted Cruz have certainly implied, if not said the exact same thing. He's not going to do it. And this is indicative of the worst kind of leader. And Anthony Fauci is unquestionably a leader. He has influence over a lot of people. That's the definition of leadership. Do you have influence over anybody or not? He has influence over a lot of people. His policies, his public pronouncements have influence over a ton of people. But he's a terrible leader because what does he care about most? He cares about continuing his gig in the media, and in government. That's what he cares about the most. He does not care about other people. His investment is in himself. His investment is not in those he is charged with serving. That, that is the epitome of a horrible, flawed, failed leader. So I know there are those who think that I never bang on any Republican politicians. Uh, That's not true. Uh, I'm about to. So uh, stand at the ready. If you live in Tuscaroras County, uh, do not, do not, in the next primary, if given the choice, support the candidacy of Brett Hillier. I say that because Brett Hillier is a Republican who is joining with 34 Democrats in the Ohio Senate to support what is called, and again, it's a leftist policy, so you know it's not really the Fairness Act if it's named the Fairness Act, but it is, in fact, named the Fairness Act. What is my issue with the Fairness Act? Well, it seeks to ban discrimination 
based on sexual orientation or gender identity. Now, it's been proposed 10 times in the last 20 years. If it were a good policy, would it have passed at any point in time in those 20 years? I would argue yes. But it's a democratic policy, so it is pretty much by definition a bad policy. But what do I always say about Democrats? They never give up. They never stop pushing. They never hold a victory party. They win on one issue. Let's see how far we can push it. So they got gay marriage through, benefits for same-sex couples and all those kinds of things. Now they're trying to extrapolate it into more protections, such as transgender athletes being able to play in the genre of sport that they identify with, not according to their actual physical biology. No, no. You're a boy. You say you're a girl. You feel like a girl. You should be able to shower in a girl's locker room. You should be able to use a girl's bathroom in an Ohio high school. Will it be long before, if they get this through, they will then want to apply this policy, if they don't already have it codified into this uh, legal uh, proposal, make this same kind of, it's evil. I'll just call it evil because it is evil. Will this be allowed not to happen at a private Christian school? Do you think there might be any leftists who, should they get the Fairness Act, (laughs) Fairness Act approved, that they wouldn't try to find somebody to go, hey, you know what? Really be great if we could get you to enroll at this Christian private school and force them to do what their actual deeply held religious beliefs are telling them is evil. You think that would be very long before that would happen? That wouldn't be very long before that would happen at all. So uh, Representative Hillier from Tuscarawas County, supposedly a conservative from a rural district, is a joint sponsor of this Fairness Act, as he was in 2019. Now, he is also on something called the Leadership Council for Conservatives Against Discrimination a national GOP group supporting anti-discrimination legislation. Okay, so they're borrowing from the leftists there. They call themselves an anti-discrimination organization. If they ram this through, will it not be discrimination against groups with deeply held religious beliefs? And you don't even have to have deeply held religious beliefs to believe that girls' bathrooms and girls' sports teams And girls' organizations ought to be for girls. And I'm not talking about people who have a mental disconnect between their actual biology and their perceived biology. I'm talking about real girls, born female, with female anatomy. Okay? Now, why is he supporting this, Representative Brett Hillier? Well... He tries to make it sound so innocent. He says, I think these kinds of uh, legislation prohibitions against transgender athletes playing girls sports deter business and economic growth, which our state desperately needs. Oh, yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, that's what it's about. We have so many 
transgender people in the state of Ohio who own multi-million dollar businesses that would hire hundreds of employees, that they're taking their business to New York and California, thriving, thriving areas. That's why they're billions of dollars in debt. Come on. Economic growth? Really? You think we're stupid enough to believe that, Brett Hillier? I'm not stupid enough to believe that. He also says that there's a, quote, patchwork of individual laws in different cities, and that's a problem. You have these ordinances that differ across the state, and I think businesses, and even folks who aren't as supportive of this as I would like, I think we can all agree, when they say we think we can all agree, you know that they're about to say something with which you will not agree. I think we can all agree that it would be good to have a single policy statewide that most Ohioans can agree with. Okay, we're a center-right state, Brett. We're a state that has a supermajority in the Ohio legislature, the Ohio General Assembly, a Republican supermajority. We are a state that in the last two presidential elections at least have gone for Donald Trump in an era where he has been vilified at every corner by the media. Yet you make the ridiculous statement that you think it would be good to have a single statewide policy that most Ohioans can agree with. And it's clear that that is not a policy that a state which voted for Donald Trump twice and a state which has a supermajority of Republicans would agree with. Not at all. Not at all would they agree with that policy. There is no way in the world that putting transgender people in their bathroom of choice rather than in the bathroom that genuinely applies to their God-given biology is a majority opinion in the state of Ohio. I bet it's not even a one-third opinion in the state of Ohio. So your position on this is out of touch with the people that you are purporting to serve. And if your position is out of touch with the people you are purporting to serve, then you are not serving the people you are supposed to serve. And if you are not serving the people you are supposed to serve, then you should not be given the privilege of representing them again. This is how we get the creep in the culture that gets us to a point where, how many years ago, how recently would you have thought the person talking to you was crazy if they said, oh yeah, the first female four-star admiral in the U.S. Navy, a cabinet position in the United States government, is going to be a dude. That's going to be a thing. That's really going to happen. And you just said, you're nuts. No, that's how we get there because of people like Brett Hillier. 